Well, thank you. you. You may be seated. Thank you, worship team, for an awesome time, an opportunity to worship you. You know, opportunity is a word that, for some reason, it just has been sticking with me for a month now, I think. And uh, God gives us opportunity. Has anybody ever been in a place where they're looking for an opportunity? Maybe you're looking for an opportunity for a job, or maybe you're looking for an opportunity to get a word in edgewise. God gives us opportunity. God is a giver. Amen? So how I, part of me this morning wants to almost just sit down and have a conversation with you all. And just know how you're doing. And get to know how you're doing. How are you doing? And, and here's what, this is what happens is, well, we're blessed. Hallelujah, I'm blessed. How are you doing? Oh, I'm good. Have you ever done that where you're passing someone in the hallway at work or on the street and you're like, hi, how are you? Oh, I'm good. And you keep walking because really the response was not meaningful. It was just what we do. Have you ever been there? Have you ever just been in a, uh, you really did not want to talk, so what can I say to keep moving? This last week I had a, a unique and nice, awesome opportunity, great opportunity. I, uh, in, the, in the back of the church, um, in the cafe, I heard some moving around going in there, so I went back there to see what was going on, and it was... Uh, pa Troy, and uh, I don't see her this morning, um, Yvonne, oh, is she here? Okay, well, anyhow, they were here, and Pa Troy had a birthday on Friday. Happy birthday, Troy. Both him and Yvonne are 87 years old. I just told on you, Troy. Now, cat's out of the bag. But it was just fun to go back and just sit and listen and visit with them and get to know what's going on in their lives and to live in that moment. About um, five years ago, maybe a little longer, I may have told this story before, but my son and I had gone up to my grandmother's house and we were going to go on do some fishing, some day fishing trips. And, and we were sitting there visiting with Grandma, and it was kind of unique because it had been a long time since it had just been me and Grandma and then Caleb. And uh, so we were visiting, and, and as Grandma's, at least my Grandma could do, she, she was very blunt. She calls me Dougie, and she says, uh, Dougie, you're not as happy as you used to be. What changed? I was like, well, that's kind of pointed, Grandma. Um, and it caught me off guard, and, and honestly, I, I didn't like hearing it. And, uh, of course, I came up with some sort of um, 
excuse, I guess you might say, or my reasoning why. Um, well, I'm an adult now, and life's stressful and makes you grumpy. Um, however, I responded. I was reminded of that in the last, I don't know, month or so. And as I was thinking about that, I thought, Doug, are you still grumpy? Have you lost your childlike joy? I thought, man, I remember how fun it was to be a kid. And, and just waking up in the morning, you had that joy in your heart. I wasn't doing anything, but I had joy in my heart. I mean, think about it. Nowadays, we spend hundreds and thousands of dollars on toys for our kids, and they'll play with an empty toilet paper roll, right? Because it's joy in their heart that doesn't matter as long as they can do something. Be a kid, there was all this joy within them. I thought, wow, I want that again. This week, I will say during time of fasting, that's what I kind of sensed was this a joy coming back again. It's like, I, it's not that I don't care, but it's like I don't care. It's, I don't have a care in the world. It's just have fun and enjoy who we are. I want to have fun again. What's that look like for us? What's that look like for you? To be joyful and just have fun. Well, I have to go out and accomplish something tomorrow. And so I'll have fun today, but tomorrow's coming. Or it's Sunday fun day. And so I'm going to go out and try to have joy today. The thing is, I'm going to be really tired come work tomorrow. Because it wasn't really joyful. It was just go, 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 go. And it, and it, and it didn't sustain itself because I was feeding something that's not sustainable. Have you noticed that part of the reason my joy has been robbed is I, as I get older, when I jump out of bed in the morning, it's not like jumping out of bed as a kid would. I feel more things when I get out of bed in the morning, like achy joints and a sore back. Well, what happens when you try to feed the flesh that is dying? Guess what? It will fail. But when you feed the spirit, which never dies, that's a joy that's unending. So, if, if, so that's why the Sunday fun day should be a Sunday go to church day because I feed the spirit and that never dies. But that's just a little bit of message preaching there. But don't you want the joy again that you had as a child? I hunger for it. Last night, uh, Dina and I were out running errands, different things, and there was a camp out going on at our house. It was approved. It wasn't like happenstance. And as we were coming home and getting off the freeway, we live on an off-ramp there off the freeway, and out in the pasture, um, there was a bunch of fun happening. And it was kids running around with flashlights in the dark, and they were tackling each other and playing, and you could hear the joy that was going on. It was just really neat to see. 
That was joy. Childlike joy. Second Corinthians 6.18 tells us that we can be like that. How can we be like that? It says, I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. And when I hear sons and daughters, yeah, I'm, a, I'm still a son even though I'm 46 years old. But I think that God's telling us that he will be our father. And it closes the verse by saying, says the Lord Almighty. He's our father. He's almighty. All we have to be is sons and daughters. We just have to be sons and daughters. Not almighty. He's almighty. We get to be joyful. Today, that is the issue is that our joy is being robbed daily. If you have joy and you want to have it robbed, turn on the news. If you have joy and you want to see it go away, watch election coverage. If you have joy and you want to see it dissipate, start hearing about the rioting that goes on throughout our country the United States of America. If you have joy and you want to see it go away, start asking people for their opinion on Facebook. It'll go away. Everybody's anxious to share their opinion. I, this isn't even really my message. I just, my heart is overwhelmed with the fact that we need to be a joyful people. And there's so much to be gained from joy. It says in Scripture that the joy of the Lord is our... Who feels weak? Me? Raymond, come here for a second. What do we know about Raymond? His smile. The joy of the Lord's his strength. You work out? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How often? Like three times a week. How often do I work out? Not three times a week. <laughs> but when I look at Raymond, what I see is I see strength. And it's not from him working out. I see it because of his smile. Good job. I see a few stronger people. As we're talking about joy, I guess what I'm starting to see, I'm starting to see smiles pop up. And we're looking stronger and stronger and stronger. How do we praise and worship? Smile. When um, I was a child, I thought like a child. (laughs) 
and I used to do childish things. But when I was a child, we had a school here, and in that school, we always had choir. We have children's program practicing right now on, on Monday nights and Wednesday nights because we still want to pour into the lives of our children because that's a good thing. And I can remember uh, Grandma Ellen used to help us sing and teach choir and that type of thing, and she would always tell us to smile when we sing. But I always thought it was really hard to smile when you sing because you have to move your mouth and try to smile at the same time, and sometimes it's hard. But when you do it, the message becomes real. The joy of the Lord's my strength. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Or the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Can you say that with me? The joy of the Lord is my strength. And I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. If you don't get anything today, get that. Joy. And in joy, his joy is strength. And you can do all things in his strength. Isn't that awesome? Well, let's go home. Yeah. Remember the, the grand, uh, Pastor Walter's ex drill? The joy of the Lord is my strength. 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 If you want joy, you must jump for it. Remember? <laughs> now, now, remember the childlike thing I talked about? Everybody stand up. Now, yes, our flesh may fail us, but our spirit will live on for eternity. If you want joy, you must jump for it. If you want joy, you must jump for it. If you want joy, you must jump for it. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. You may be seated. Ha! Ha, ha. Emoji. Um. Oh, goodness. This is my heart. I have a whole message we're not even going to talk about today. Um, that's, it's, read Acts 15. It's a good chapter. It's in a good book. Um, it is great. It was, I'll summarize it for you. Uh, Gentiles are being saved, non-Jews. And the Holy Spirit was coming into their lives to prove the fact that they were people and the Jews were people and God was no respecter of persons. He wanted all of us to come to know him intimately. And so the Gentiles are being saved and the Jews were like, "Uh, okay, we'll accept them, but they have to be circumcised and be like us. And and they were like, "Uh, well, we're not sure that's really what 
God wants to happen because he knows everyone's heart. It's not about the outside. It's about the inwardness of the person that matters. And even the uncircumcised was starting to be uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit and accept the Holy Spirit. And so they came back, and they had all these discussions and talks about whether or not they should accept him, or, and if they accept him, how should they accept him? And at the end of the day, it says, Peter finally speaks up and says, look, here, let me read some quick verses. Acts 15, 8 through 9 says, God knows people's hearts, and he confirmed that he accepts Gentiles by giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he did to us. He made no distinction between us and them, for he cleansed their hearts through faith. Now, in today's day and age where that's really important to know, do you you sense that there's a division going on in America, that that there's a distinction between one group of people and another group of people? It's everywhere. But it says here that he, God, made no distinction between us and them. There is no separation between us and them. He sees us all as people. And he knows our hearts. God knows everyone's heart, and he accepts us and makes us. Acts 15.11, we believe that we are all saved the same way by the undeserved grace of the Lord Jesus. Jew, Gentile, uh, black, white, Democrat, Republican, he saves us all the same. That's, that's all... Uh, other people. He sees us all the same. There is one way for all and made available to all. And what's awesome is he will use us all the same way. With joy in our hearts, he gives us the strength to love everyone the same. And by loving everyone the same, accept them all as he accepts them. And in that, he'll use us all to build the church. You'll see all this in Acts 15, that he will rebuild the church, and he'll do it by not making distinctions between people. He'll do it by accepting us all as we accept one another. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, we all get a chance to participate in the building of the church in this time. When, when a, a country is so divided and there's so much tumult and, and rioting going on during this time, he wants us to know his heart as he knows our heart and not be divided, but be the church as he builds it with the power of the Holy Spirit. No respecter of persons with joy in our heart, coming together and loving on one another and loving everyone that comes to know him and participating in that together. It goes on in that chapter to talk about discipling of one another and how there are some things that we ought to teach. And really the the basics are what needs to be taught up front. We get caught up sometimes in really focusing on what could be minor. But he doesn't want us to focus on the minor things. Let's really help each other in the major things, the things that would truly tear down the flesh, tear down the spirit, the things we were talking about earlier, the things that would cause us to become depressed. Oh, I'm a Christian, and and you guys go have fun this week, and I can't. No, you can be joyful. 
Don't participate in things that's going to tear down the flesh. Don't participate in things that's going to break down your spirit. But you can be joyful. And so it talked about things that they should abstain from. Um, so we need to encourage one another and teach one another and disciple one another as they're doing this afternoon. But the message needs to be one that is heard and understood. And it's one that brings great joy and encouragement. Because later on, after they finally decided, okay, these are the, these are the three things we're going to teach the Gentiles and, and help them to understand and do, but we're all accepted as God's people. And so as they went and they proclaimed this message and gave this message to the people the Gentiles that they were talking about, as they heard the message in Acts 15.31, it says, and there was great joy throughout the church that day as they read this encouraging message. That's the message that should be proclaimed in a church. That's the message that should be proclaimed in a city and in a community, is that one, it's one that is encouraging and brings great joy. That's the message. And then they go on to encourage and disciple and strengthening people in their faith. We'll leave it at that. I want you to understand there was um, one, one thing I did want you to catch hold of today. And it might not be for all of us, and it might just be for a couple of you here. But they were standing, there stood a chance before this council came together and, and really sought the Lord's and the Holy Spirit's direction on this, that the church could have become, could have became a church that rejected people. But because of the leading of the Holy Spirit, as God spoke to them, it became a church that was accepting of people. And there's those of us that are here today, and this is the message I want you to hear, is that you've been rejected. You've been rejected to the point that, that you, you, you are now just trying to cope with the rejection. And by the fact that you're here today, I want you to know that you are not rejected. You are accepted, and you're not just accepted you are invited to be a son or a daughter of the Most High King. When, if there's ever a time that you feel rejected by the church, then that's not the church being the church that God designed it to be. You should always feel accepted. And you should always clearly hear the invitation to be a son and daughter of the Most High King. King, who is the Almighty One, who is the Overcoming One, who is the One that can bring joy when you have no joy in your life. He's the One that can bring strength when you feel weak. He's the One that can make you feel alive when you feel numb to life. That's the Most High King that is our Dad, our Father. That's the invitation you should always hear from we call this the New Testament church, but from a church birthed 
as a New Testament church in the book of Acts, that's the message. The attribute of a New Testament church is one that's accepting and inviting to become son and daughter of the Most High King and all the benefits that comes with that. How do we accept? That's the difficult part. Laying down our vain imaginations, focusing my thoughts upon you, Lord. That's how we accept. How do we invite? It's joy. It's being all that you can be in the presence of the Lord. Do you sense his presence? Because when you sense his presence, you'll start to enter into a joy that's a life-changing, eternal joy. God wants you to feel accepted and invited to have joy, joy unspeakable. That's that joy that, that you can't even describe. A, a quick a short story. We had gone through this time in our life. We lived in Reading and and I was uh, managing a, a business up there, and we were going through it um, not in our in our relationship that I know of, I'm teasing, but we were going through it financially. We just had all kinds of just stuff going on: car issues, house issues, all kinds of stuff. And I just remember one of the guys that worked for me says, "Doug, I don't know how you're doing it." It was that joy unspeakable. I don't know how I was doing it, but God's my father. He's on the throne. (laughs) I used to tell people, I said, you know why I don't worry? Because what's the worst thing that could happen? They didn't know what Fourth and Hope was or or Walter's house, but I always said I could always stay at my grandpa's house if worst came to worst and I had no job and had no income. I'd always stay there. That would be the worst thing. I would still have my life. And I'd still have a relationship with God. And when I have life and relationship with him, guess what? I still have the, the framework needed to build back a life here in this earth. Because I have the basics. And that is life still to breathe. And a life in him. Which means there's an abundance of hope and joy and future. Remember last week I said, set your eyes on the horizon. This is what God was telling me and I'm telling you. Set your eyes on the horizon, not where your foot falls, but on the horizon because that, this doesn't matter because that's where we're going. I'm going to be very open and frank with you. As As a pastor, there's times I'll look at the empty seats and not see the people in the seats. That's why when I see someone like Raymond smiling, it's like, that's it. And God's telling us, don't look at the empty seats. Look at the horizon and look what he's going to do. And it's not about full seats. It's about a full life. And and so as those lives become more full and full of joy and joy unspeakable, the seat thing won't even be an issue, except for we won't be able to find enough. So, church, be accepting Be inviting with joy in your heart. And know if you felt rejected, he wants to heal that and take that from you.
That's why we celebrate communion. He covers your rejection with his body and with his blood. He bore the scars of rejection on that cross. There is no God greater than our God, and there's no God that knows more intimately about rejection than our God. Not only was he rejected as Jesus Christ went to that cross, he's rejected today in our country. He's rejected today in this world. He gave his all, and yet he's still rejected. He gave his all and was rejected and will give his all for you, the rejected. Let's stand. I want us to take this moment We've got one minute, maybe two, to settle a few things. If you'd bow your, eye, bow your head and close your eyes, try to bow your eyes, that would be harder. But I want you to settle a few things. One is, Lord, I'm sorry that I've carried around my rejection as my identity. Because I never really thought about the fact that my rejection really is nothing in comparison to how you've been rejected. And you are the overcoming one, Lord. And how you've overcome the rejection of an entire world and still died for them so that they could be saved, Lord. I know you can help me overcome the rejection I've experienced in life. So I want you to settle that now. Lord, I give you my rejection. And I no longer carry it around as something that's major in my life. I, I lay it down for you to deal with. Because I want to be that son or that daughter with great joy in my heart that just runs around without a care in the world. Because all my cares are in heaven. If that's you and you say, yeah, I have to settle that. i got to lay down my rejections in life. Would you just... Eyes are closed. I see that. Slip up your hand so I can agree with you in that. Thank you. Let me put your hands down. Thank you. Oh, dear God. I thank you for the courage to say, yes, I've been rejected. And Lord, I, as they had the courage to identify that in their own lives, God, I know that you're going to swoop in and bless them as the Holy Spirit is present in this place. Lord, I ask that as you take that rejection from them and it creates this void in their life, something that they've identified themselves with for a very long time, I pray that it just overflows in that void with joy, that unspeakable joy, that tangible joy, that joy that they can feel and they can sense, and it runs out all over. Lord, I ask that your joy comes into that place, Lord, and fills that void in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, where the guarantee is guaranteed, where the promise is fulfilled, in Jesus' name. Amen. With eyes still closed, here's the second part. The second part is just this, joy. J-O-Y Jesus over you No longer you 
but Jesus over you, watching over you, covering you, taking care of you, carrying all your cares away from you so you can live wholeheartedly in love with your Father, pursuing Him with all your being, taking moments in time to appreciate even His creation, taking moments in time just to have a a, a time to focus your thoughts upon Him and how He cares for you. Just as you can humble yourself, you can make yourself joyful by choosing Him over you. If you feel like you, you just really need an extra measure of joy in your life, If you feel like, you know, I I haven't been trying to be joyful, and you feel like you need to repent of that, would you also raise your hand this morning? And, And by doing so, you're saying, you know, yes, that's been me, and I repent of that, and I want joy overflowing. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Together today, Lord, We agree with you. We want to come into agreement with you in the way that we live our lives, in the way that we display who you are in our lives. And so, Lord, as we repent of choosing life issues over joy issues, I know you are quick and you are just and you will forgive and you will begin to make us holy, even as you are holy. So, Lord, I pray now that you'll bathe us with your spirit, that your presence will flow over us like like a tidal wave through this place. And as it comes over us, Lord, the joy will be so strong in our lives that we can't help but to demonstrate and to invite others into this joyous place of being sons and daughters of the Most High, the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Ruler of Rulers, Daddy of Daddies. You are the everything. That's why you said you were the I Am. Because when we were sad, I am your joy. When we were struggling, I am your strength. When we are hurt, I am your healer. When I am lost, I am found in you. You are the I am. And we praise you and we thank you for the work that you've done as we've committed to it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, God bless you. Go enjoy and be that joy. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. Have a good day.